When I'm not playing the Lost Eye of Thundera on my Commodore Amiga 500, I love nothing more than cruising Third Earth in the Thunder Tank, listening to Aaron and John on the Amigos Podcast. Thunder. 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 Thundercats. Ho! Amigos. Your home for everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network. Your home for quality retro podcasting. And now... Here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodefkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Marvin's Marvelous Adventure. Marvelous Marvin Hagler? Yes, well I was thinking about Marvin's Mechanical Museum. I don't know what that is. That is a, um, it's a museum up in Detroit. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it basically, like, you know, like the Zoltar machine from Big, like those, like, fortune teller machines. Oh, yes. I do love those. And, yes. you know, all of those, like, coin-operated, like, mechanical things. It's a whole museum filled with stuff, with stuff like You're that. You're kidding me. Where is this at? It's up in Detroit. It's not worth it. So, I, I know, just like all big <laughs> Take cities. Take him to Detroit. Like, you, you have an instinctive fear. Of I, I lived in big cities, man. But, um, Hurricane. Hey, those machines, when I, this is going to date me, you know, hey, someone's got to, but uh, when I was a little kid, those machines were still around. That's really cool. And you so, got to experience that. The ones where you drive the little helicopter mm-hmm. and stuff, I yeah. was I was all up in it, man. I thought those are cool. Yeah. And those things, the video games didn't give you that tactile feel or the, the visual 3D. I mean, these things were elaborate. They'd have a big, like a big bubble and there'd be a helicopter and there'd be a full city in this thing. You'd right. Flying that sucker around. You know, it'd be on rails or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was still awesome. You yeah, know? yeah, I'd love to get into that stuff. Or there's actually, tons of shooting games. Right, right. Tons of those, you know. Th- that stuff is so incredibly expensive to buy. And, the, like, you'd shoot the yeah. rifle at the targets. and mm-hmm. the, Oh, and they had haunted house ones and stuff. Oh, man. I would love that. I've came close to buying those, but I know you... I mean, I'm not a woodworker or a, yeah. or a mechanic. Expensive and a, to restore. And, oh, man. Yeah, but... Uh, that would be awesome. If you ever do find yourself up in the... I think it's it, it's probably not in, like, downtown, you know, falling apart Detroit. It's in the, the Michigan area around there. That's awesome. If anybody ever goes up there, or anybody, any of the listeners, I mean, shoot me a line, let me know how it is. You never know. I'm like, I've been up to Detroit before, believe it or not. So but before we get into Marvin, uh, what news is going on in the Amiga scene this Before week? we get into the news, do you know who Marvelous Marvin Hagler was? I have no idea. Really? I, I know about uh, Merle Haggard. Is no, are they related? No, Marvelous Marvin Hagler was a middleweight boxer of renown. Was and, where was he from? Uh, heck of I know. America. I mean, okay, I, don't know I, I, I didn't know if he yeah. was from England or something um, like that. He had perhaps the greatest boxing match of all time with Tommy Hitman Hearns. They certainly had arguably the greatest round of all times. The first round of this fight is a nonstop action. And so, anyone that cares, Marvel Lamar and Hagler, bald guy, heck of a fighter. Looks like a heel. That's him right there. Uh, and, uh, uh, a mean, a mean mistreater. Mm. Uh, he was a bad man, mm. and that was when that it, that division was full of real studs. You know, you, and that's when Sugar Ray Leonard was around. You know, you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. Same guys, same guys. Uh, um, I guess he he upset Marvin Hagler. Yeah, I think that, years I think ago. the screw job was in on that mm. one personally. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I was not a big fan of Sugar Ray, but he did earn my respect. And again, I was a Tim, I was a Hitman Hermans guy. Anyway, I digress. So let's talk news. Amiga news, my favorite kind of news. So we got a, a few tidbits this week. Um, there's a new Amiga podcast. 
Let's bill it. It's out of Ireland. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I was intrigued, to say the least. Um, it's the Amiga Ireland Group. Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know if, it, I don't know if that's an established group I or think, something. I think, well, they have that convention every year. And I yeah, think it, that's, it that's, the, it's, the, yes, yeah. that's, the, that's it. That's what they've got. And uh, they talk about some stuff. I listened to the first podcast, and it's, it's a, a quick one. It's mm-hmm. good. I enjoyed it. You know, good for them. More yeah. of those. Um, <laughs> this, this made the rounds this week in the news, and I thought I'd mention it. Somebody uploaded uh, what he called um, a video of every Amiga game ever made being played. Wow. Now, that is, that's a lot of Amiga games. This is a tall, tall boast, which is also wrong. It's a, <laughs> it is an incorrect boast. He's missing. Well, I mean, no one can play every game. Yeah. Because let's face facts. We've played games in this show that, like, one of our buddies made, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, so who knows? But he did play a lot. He did play seven hours worth of games. Which is commendable. Oh, yeah. And who wouldn't, all right? Mm-hmm. You got, you know, seven hours to kill. So that's a good watch uh, if, you're, if you're bored. Now, this, another one that made the rounds this week, and I didn't mention it last week. Uh, when it, I initially saw it, but I, I I had to have a look at it, which is this is like ebony and ivory, the the the, the two sides joining hands in a lovely musical tribute. It's the Atari ST and the Amiga uh, playing dueling banjos. <clears throat> Glorious, yeah. Glorious. Let's 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 listen to a little bit of it. All right. Alright, that's enough. It's Dueling Bandages, which is a great song anyway. Yeah. Especially around these parts. Oh, yeah. We live in deliverance. That's true. Bo, you got a pretty mouth, sir, if I may Thank say. Thank um, Let's see what else we've got here. Oh, yes. Finally, in the uh, Amiga Games getting the uh, nod, or the upgrade, on the green light, uh, Steam Greenlight Zone... You've got God's Remastered. <clears throat> now, I had a look at God's Remastered uh, to see what the, the fuss was. And it looks like God's it looks Remastered. I will say, I, I think the uh, title character, the the guy, Hercules, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. I watched the video. Actually, for our people that are on the video, both showing the video now. The video is, shows the old God's and the new God's. And I thought the old gods looked a lot cooler. Yeah. I mean, and certainly the title character looks much... This guy looks like the new guy. looks kind of tubby. Mm-hmm. It's like if I became Hercules. <laughs> it's like, oh, give me a second here. I'm about, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump up that ledge. Now, that much said, I know it's a work in progress. And, they, of course, it's got what you would expect. It's got uh, incredible visual effects and... Mm-hmm. You know, and I, polymorphic binomical fog and yeah. you know, all that. I don't know how the green light process works now because it's been changed several times. So I don't know if this yeah. is once it gets greenlit, development will really start and these are just sort of like a few scenes. Or That's what I was wondering as well, yeah. But you're right, he does look like a portly fellow. I mean, if you watch the old footage, you know, I know you're not a big fan of God's boat. I love God's. I like that sort of... Um, slow styled platformer. Mm-hmm. It's just it's unusual. It so most of them aren't it's like very that. Very unique. You're right. And if you get into it, uh, it can be a lot of fun. And the puzzles are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had a, a, a the Bitmap Brothers, I believe, did that one, and it had a really neat. They were real aces when it come to when Aesthetic, it comes to doing that sort of thing, say. and it, and it looked great, and it 
had a very cool vibe to it. Nice feel. And this, I mean, it to me, it just sort of looks low budgety. Like you know, just it's just kind of there. It's obviously an updated version of Gods, but eh. You know, but again, I don't know what the status is. I'm not against it by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, hey, get this out of here. I'd like to see Gods get remastered, but I, you know, I want to see him do a good job, right? You know, right. as well. Uh, so, but anyway, that was up. That was up for grabs this week, and we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I don't know. Court's still out in that one. What yeah. do you got for site updates, Bo? Uh, we got a couple things. Uh, Dreamcatcher interviewed the one and only Simon Phipps. Did you read this article yet? I have not read it yet. It was interesting. But I want to read it because this guy has done a lot of a lot of good stuff. He did uh, Dangerous 1 and 2, uh, Switchblade, Wolfchild, and Bubba and Sticks. And the, the part that's most interesting was that when they talked about Monty Python because the questions that he asked are like, did you meet the Pythons? And I was like, no, I didn't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was interesting. It was still interesting. Yeah, this guy looks like a real, like a bad dude. Oh too. yeah, yeah. He looks he's got like a cool he's, shirt. He's got a kind of like hair, art too. haircut. Yep, yep. Cool tattoos. Like I would want to. Listen, you don't think like this is a guy that worked on Monty Python. No. This looks like a guy that would work on like Look, work on your face with yeah. a switchblade. <laughs> if you don't pay, hey, yeah. pay your bookie. Right. He's a tough looking dude. Um, Jason, uh, or yeah, no, it's not Jason. It's uh, Gary. Um, Published his uh, Amiga 3000 Assembly Part 3. Um, that, and, they're very popular series. Yeah, this I is mean, a it's very, getting tons. It's one of our leading series right, right now. Right, right. And so uh, make sure you check that out to see the, the next part of this this thing coming together. He real. I was watching this. Because this is the part where he goes, where you get into the uh, setup of the drive. Mm, this stuff. is the, more the software side Man, of Man, I'm telling you. He really knows what he's doing. I'm going to be watching this by... <laughs> <laughs> I love Gary because I mean he he does keep, he keeps it simple yeah. for the humanoids. It, it's it's I mean he really does a good job of, of putting these things together. Because I remember when I was setting my all those years ago when I set up my uh, my uh, my car my CF card and I was just like good grief man yeah you know and I did this for a living on the PC but I, you forget I mean the Amiga is a whole different kettle of fish mm-hmm. you know you're like holy smokes absolutely and Gary goes to work he's showing you the disc you need he tells you what to do this guy he's Where's the instructional series? Or, I mean, the videos, he could be, he's, he's cranking them out. We could be selling these to to, uh, uh, to uh, NECs across the country. And, right, right. <laughs> well, in well, circa 1982. If, if, we, if we had a time machine. Oh, perfect. yeah, yeah. Um, but I keep you know, forgetting that. Gary was just so fortunate to, you know, to, to get all of those different Amigas, you know, but it couldn't have happened to a better guy. Because no these, kidding. These are all going to get restored, I'm sure, at some point and uh, find, find good homes. Yeah, so. he, Gary knows his stuff. That's yeah, a fact. Yeah. Um, we had some Amigos plays this week. Um, we had uh, you did outrun Europa. That did uh, we talk about that last week? I can't remember if I did a. I, I did do outrun Europa. Mm-hmm. I think I did do it. Was it last Saturday? I can't remember. It was pretty recent. Time is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, what did you think of outrun Europa? Um, it was a lot better than outrun non Europa. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, you know. The, the, my biggest complaint with that is that the 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 view behind your car is too low. Too low. Mm-hmm. You know, load I Lotus did it right, mm-hmm. especially Lotus Two. Right, I know same old sad song, but hey, there's a reason why people talk about it. Right. Uh, this game had a, a, a different aspect, like the anything with boating or on your jet ski is garbage, mm-hmm. garbage, unplayable. 
like, I mean, I don't know what they were smoking. I want to meet the man that can whiz through this level without getting killed. I want to meet you, <laughs> sir. The, the car levels, you get to drive a Porsche. You get to drive a couple other cars, a motorbike, right? They're all sort of the same. But you can see, uh, for our people watching the video at home, look at the view area for that. I mean, you can't see anything coming. Mm-hmm. You can't see anything. Yeah, if they had just put the uh, <sighs> If the car the was smaller or further back towards the camera mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. Or even no car. Right. You know, and I, I couldn't find an option to turn the car off. <laughs> it, 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 um, I'm surprised by that. And the thing is, th- this game is, um, you go across different continents, and it's sort of, it's not outright, mm-hmm. okay? But there's our branching areas. You know, they tried to do something different. That, and it could have been a contender. You know, yeah. It could have been okay, but yeah. I it I didn't like it. it had, you remember Techno Cop? Yeah. The driving in that had the exact same problem. It was it was too the camera angle was too far directly behind the car. Mm-hmm. This isn't like Tomb Raider. We need a little bit of sky here so we can see what the heck's coming up, you know. Exactly. Uh Chris played uh Danger Mouse this week. Uh Danger Mouse, that popular UK cartoon series. But apparently this game is not that great. Um, Stunning. So, yeah. Uh, Chris has a new series of games called We Play It So You Don't Have To. So uh, you can, <laughs> you can yeah. check out. I mean, just look at that. How could that not be a great game? Look at that that animation. And Danger Mouse took a real header there, didn't he? Yeah. Um, it looks like, <laughs> I mean, that looks like a Java game from <laughs> circa 1997. Right. right. Shades of Popeye 2 in there. Something tell yeah. I think that, that same company did a lot of these. Man, he said a lot of junk on here, though. We've got, um, yeah, we got Ed the Duck also now. And, and then, I don't know if we mentioned the... Uh, they, uh, there's there's a few articles in here. Yeah, that well, I'm not oh, done you're, with Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so Chris also did Ed the Duck. Are you familiar with Ed the Duck? I, the name, I must have heard it somewhere. I, I, think it's a British, I think it's a British kids TV show. Yeah, I mean, I must have. I don't, I've never watched an episode. Yeah. And after yeah. looking at this screen, I'm never going to watch it because <laughs> this looks like nightmare material. <laughs> and then finally, uh, the last side update that I have is the Dreamcatcher actually went through and reviewed all of the Jetsons games yes. for the Amiga. And I've got to say that the text adventure uh, Jetsons game is kind of neat. Kind of a different take on it. Uh Looks like you know a lot of these scenes were drawn specifically for the game. Um, the art looks great. Yeah, I mean, and so you know, text adventures are—they are what they are. Um, but it's—it's still—it's—it's a—it's better than just a you know the garden variety platformer. So um, thank you, Dreamcatcher, for uh, writing about writing about all these games. And uh, there's there's certainly a variety. I'm gonna have to check that out more in detail soon. There's a, there's a few other things I'm seeing. Again, our news has gotten a little bit wacky. Did we had we pitched Dreamcatcher's interview with the uh, Ocean Franch coder? Uh, the the uh, that looks like something I'm, I haven't. Even, I don't know when that article must have snuck up. I don't even remember reading that one. That might yeah, be I good. Haven't seen that one either. It's bad. It's, it's our site, and there's stuff here that I haven't seen. And also, I don't think you ever announced this because I, I I watched it because it was funny. But you and Chad played Thomas the Tank Engine too. Did you oh, guys talk about that? You know, we never promoted that on the show. Chad just came over one night. <laughs> He mentioned to me, he's and like, yeah, we played this Thomas game. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, um, we had a request from somebody on uh, YouTube to play the second Thomas game, which was, a, it's, a, it's a racing game. It's a 2D racing game. And um, what you do is, uh, it's sort of like, oh, gee, I don't even know. It's, it's on rails. <laughs> it's of sort of like if you combine a train racing game with Dragon's <laughs> Lair. It's like... 
This way leads to certain death. The the problem with it is that whenever you'd go to sort of refuel, the game would crash. So oh, that is yeah. that's a new. I actually, of course, we may we may have a Thomas project in the future mm-hmm. as we discussed. And so I was playing. I played the Thomas games, and I'd already played pinball. You know, because I remember you you get I think you did an Amiga's play on that as well, right? right? Amiga, yeah, Thomas. Um, and I had played one and two of this uh, in a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, and uh, what an what an odd choice for the Thomas license. Mm-hmm. These games were these races, and the races were really hard. I mean, I don't know. I was putting on the easiest level. Like, how can any kid possibly mm-hmm. any, have any luck on this? And the less said about the memory game, the better. I mean, I was <laughs> gosh, talk about bombing out. My kid used to watch Thomas, so I, I know something about their mm-hmm. universe. And if I, if I was in the Thomas universe, I would have been sent to the smelter. It was over for me. <laughs> We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it for the site updates this week. What do you say we dive right into Marvin's Marvelous Adventures? All right. Now, Boat, I know you were a big uh, fan of... Uh, I know you're a big fan of this type of genre of game here. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Marvin. Uh, this came out in 94, so later release. Um, published by 21st Century. Now, what, where does that come from? You know, you've heard them, right? Many times. What are what are some of their hits? They did Pinball Dreams, Pinball Fantasies, Pinball Illusions, Pinball Mania, but Slam Tilt, Pinball, and Deliverance. Did you notice that their logo was different for this game? I did. It wasn't that ship, the Viking ship. Yeah, they, they changed it. Now, here's what I think is really interesting about this. The, the was the developer of this, because I'd never heard of them. It was developed by an outfit called Infernal Bite Systems. <laughs> what a name, right? Um, <clears throat> Infernal Bite Systems had did had, had, didn't do that many games. They did a few. Uh, they did, and I'm going to go through some of these because that leads up to something. So they did a game called Dem- Demos Quest. Tell me if you've heard of one of these. They did a game called uh, Gain Force, which apparently was on a cover disc. Mm. It was, they did a game called Lethal, Lethal Zone. Which I think was also on a cover. These games. games just sound like random words put yeah. together. They did a game called Master Blazer. <laughs> Is it about a sport coat? I don't know. What to... Oh, boat. That's bad. <laughs> Nebulous 2. What about Nebulous 1? Pogo a go go. I'm telling you, it's just like they opened a dictionary and just like well, random, so, random words. So this was, I would say, now, no, I've played these other games. I'm, I'm guessing this is probably their, their big game. This but is get, their magnum opus. Get this. Sure. I was looking, I was trying to find. Uh, stuff out about this game, um, and let me see. Let's see if I can find this crazy qu- quote here. Oh yeah, so a guy that worked for Infernal Bite Systems was, and it was their producer was a guy named Julian. Eggen- I'm going to butcher this. You want to try this name? Eggbrecht. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also a member of the famous Amiga programming team, Factor 5. Mm. Okay, So, he had... Uh, this outfit, Infernal Byte Systems, had been tagged with the task of developing Deluxe Mule for the Amiga. Really? Yeah. Isn't what? that bizarre? What a missed opportunity. It never happened. Uh, the conversions was started, but it stopped because of some trouble with the license. And Electronics Arts, I guess they weren't down with the clown on it, and so mm-hmm. it got ixnayed. So Amiga came an ace of having Mule, which is interesting. Yeah. You know, Deluxe Mule, no less. I don't know what that would have entailed. Mule was another game that would probably uh, uh, 
is probably in the Hall of Fame of, of, of computer games oh, yeah. overall. People ba-na, love it. Ba-na, People. Ba-na, ba-na, ba-na. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh, it's so bad. Uh, our version. So, Marvel, Marvin's marvelous adventure. Um, you want to ex- try to explain the the gameplay on this a little bit because you you really play. I, well, I had. I will say for the record, um, I had a heck of a time playing this game. It would not run on my Amiga because it was in PAL. <clears throat> as far as I could tell, there was no NTSC release ever. And this is one of... There are most PAL games I can run, and they just sort of are scooted down the screen, but sometimes you run them, and depending on what resolution or what they're running in, you just can't see jack squat. And this mm-hmm. was one I could not... Just flat out could not play on the 1200. And so I ended... I had trouble emulating it, and eventually when I finally did get it emulated, I, I could only use the keyboard to play it. It was a real rough go of it for me, so Boat had a, a lot more time playing it hardcore. Well, before we go into the game itself, why don't we talk about the backstory a little bit? Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> sure. So, this I'm all too familiar with. So, the the backstory of this thing is goofy as heck. Uh, the There's a professor. Uh, he's working on this... Uh, a a uh, a machine that can can manipulate or affect human brain waves, and he finishes it at the beginning of the game, and then decides, "I need a nap. I'm going to order me a pizza to celebrate my awesomeness. It's my favorite food, and then I'm going to take a nap." So where's a pizza? Well, there's an evil guy uh, milling around that that has watched his work and wants to take the helmet, and so the guy sneaks into the house. And he he screws around with the helmet and removes some chips, and then the pizza boy shows up, it wakes up the professor. The bad guy's like get, is dealing with the professor. He's getting ready to zap him. Pizza boy comes in, and the bad guy stupidly forgets that he's screwed with the helmet and zaps them all into this marvelous adventure world. Whatever it is, another mm-hmm. universe or whatever, the other dimension, and so that's the purpose of the game, and the goal of the game, because the bad guy has got the professor and he stashed him, so where's to go defeat the bad guy and get the professor and get home. That's the, and trust me, as boring as my uh, attempt to describe it, you should actually read the opening narrative, which is. Of all the parts of this game, this is the worst part. Yeah. It goes on forever. I immediately and hit the button. Ever and, and ever. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. Boat didn't even bother us. I, I did read the whole thing, and it's. I mean, uh, you ever what? You've played a ton of these games from Japan, these role playing games, right? On the Nintendo and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, granted, you can skip this. And I, it, there's a ton of reading, and some people just don't want to read this crap. Right. right? And some people really get into it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, it, you, everyone's got their personal taste. But I mean, this is not on the level of any. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. rock bottom boring. And the little cinematics that come with it aren't aren't really that attractive. Either. I wouldn't call them cinematics as much as they are static drawings. Yeah, they're not really anything, and they're not even. I mean, they're not great looking. Like no. I'm looking at run right here in front of me on the video, and it's just <laughs> it's a it's a weak effort. It does not inspire confidence. And in one would wonder why you've got an AGA and you got stuff going on. This you couldn't do it of some cartoons or mm-hmm. something for this. I mean, and maybe there's a version out there that has a beautiful cinematic. But the version we got, and I'm looking at the same one that I had. It's what you've got. It does weak. Yeah. That part was real super weak. Now, yeah. please. Okay, so this game is an attempt to uh, kind of capture the magic of the platforming scene that had been going on in the console world for the past you know, couple of years. Uh, 
This is a late release 94, so they kind of had a chance not only to learn from some of the console heavy hitters like Mario and Sonic, but they'd also had a chance to learn from some of the Amiga previous uh, platformers like Super Frog and Zool. And for the most part, this game does improve upon those previous Amiga platformers. Uh, it's not as difficult as Super Frog. There aren't as many crazy jumps uh, like that lead directly to your Della blind jumps to spikes like Zool has. It loves Zool loves them. Um, this game employs an energy meter that is very generous. It is. Uh, there are, I think that there's something like ten little, you know, pips that you have, and whenever you get hit, it might take away two or three of them or something like that. You can take three or four hits before you die. Um, so they were deliberately trying to make this game easier, which was a good thing. Um, and the game itself, the controls, um, once they they you have to caveat anything with Amiga platformers because up is jump. And so this game is incredibly difficult for me to control leaving the controls the way they are. However, if you were playing the CD32 version, we believe that jump was mapped to a second button. And I for darn sure remapped jump to uh, the, a second button just with WinUAE using my, my control pad. That makes the game really a joy to play. Um, this game is very long. Um, there's 60 levels in this game. And uh, just like, I don't know what, you know, Amiga platform uh, developers were, you know, they, they would all congregate and they would say, uh, we really just need to make sure that your guy can collect as many things as possible that mean absolutely nothing to the game. Because this is the case in Super Frog, this is the case in Zool, this is the case in James Pond, and this is the case in Marvin. Uh, you're collecting apples uh, that add to your score. You're collecting other things that may are like there's moons and suns. These things may do something. Uh, in the first level, there's about 40 little help bubbles um, that, everywhere. Yeah, and, and when you when you go there, they, there's they, they give you this information. But after the second or third one, I was like, man, I just want to play the game. So I yeah. disregarded it. There were tons yeah. of those things yeah. too. I mean, they're helpful, dumb guy like me. I was like, okay, yeah. But uh, again, this is this is sort of taking off of uh, Super Mario World, which did the same thing because there's just so many new mechanics to learn. Uh, your guy. Um, one thing you have to know about the the sprites in this game is. Everything is small. Um, you know, your, your guy is, is probably, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 sprites high. Um, he's colorful. He, he's got personality, but his personality in the game is different than his personality in the loading screen. Yeah. Um, so he, he's kind of wide-eyed and looks like he's ready for adventure, you know, when you're playing the actual sprite. But when you when you go to loading screens and things like that, uh, he's got sort of this, like, menacing appearance. Like, it he's sort does. of like the classroom bully. It just shows his face, and he's got this look at his face like, ah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit weird. Um, the the game is very, very colorful. I mean, they must have used all of the, the colors in the Amiga's palette, and it's, it's welcome um, there's parallax scrolling in the backgrounds uh, that looks really good. The game is, I mean, the, the artwork, because the sprites are so small, they do look pixelated. Um, if, if they would have sort of smoothed it out a little bit by making the characters bigger, it, it wouldn't have looked quite that way. But that's a, that's a stylistic choice, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, I'm a fan of the way that Marvin ducks. When he ducks, he sort of hides, like Aaron said, he hides his face in his pants. 
Um, yeah, it just took his whole head down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so it's, it's just it's kind of different. Um, there's definitely a lot of uh, there's a lot of nods to the Mario series. Uh, there's uh, he has a, a sort of a spin move that's almost sort of like a Sonic, just a slower yeah. speed. You tell me when he rolls. Yeah, when yeah. he rolls. Um, there's there's hidden areas. There's hidden blocks. The game doesn't run too fast. It doesn't run too slow, and that's a hard thing to really nail down when you're making a platformer. So I commend them for that. Um, all together, I think that. Uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. That this is a, a really. It's a. Oh boy, I must be allergic. Um, it's a solid effort. It's a solid effort for a platform that unfortunately was not going to be around too much longer after this game was released. I, uh, you know, it's part of me thinks thinks this could have been it would have. I think this had as more of a candidate to port than Super Frog or uh, some of the other games like Zool. I mean, I guess Zool was a, a, a decent part. I mean, this seems like something more portable than those games. I mean, I could see almost playing this like in on an NES or a Master System or, mm-hmm. or even a Genesis. Yeah. In uh, fact, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I've been playing a lot of Master System recently. And, the, you know, the Master System had a, a larger color palette than the NES. Mm-hmm. And that allowed it to have games like Sonic 2 ported over. And I, I could definitely see this. That's a great point. This, well, this would definitely be at home The there. one thing that... The only thing that gets me is... And, it, again, this is... a. Um, I told Bo when I when I first played this game, it reminded me of, of uh, a, a marriage of several other uh, uh, several other games, and and the uh, and one thing it kept from like your Super Frog and your Zool is it's just there's a lot of stuff laying around. I mean, in my opinion, there's just it's just too cluttered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too much. I don't know what it is with the Amiga uh, uh, platformers and the uh, with with all this collectibles. It's just tons and tons. You know, I, less is more, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Now, in this, it's not, this game is not as annoying as, as say, uh, Super Frog was, where it's just like a billion things. But, I mean, there's not that much. But there's still too much for my taste. Mm-hmm. Like I told Bo, my biggest problem with this game was the uh, size of Marvin. The whole game, it, I mean, it's a, it's a mixed result. It's a mixed blessing. The game looks good. There's a lot going on the screen. But uh, it's sort of smallish, like you said. The character's not very tall. And it makes... It makes it for me and someone's blind. It makes it hard to hit some of these pinpoint jumps, and especially when you're jumping on stuff. <coughs> the uh, uh, the game, uh, it, like I said, it runs nice. It looks good. It's it's. I mean, it it doesn't really tread. It doesn't really. I'm not saying it. Uh, it does a whole lot of new stuff. You know, I mean, you're, it's not it's not doing anything incredible. They they played Mario and Sonic and a few other games, and they and they. Took bits and pieces from each one, mm-hmm. but they've got. I mean, it's not a complete ripoff. They've got their own flair in a couple places, right? And, you know? and, and I think it's neat. You know, some of the later levels, Marvin uh, can board a ship. Uh, he can board a boat. Uh, in one scene, an octopus actually envelops Marvin's head and transports him from place to place. Yeah, and the uh, like I said, I was telling Boat if if uh, if you played an old game called Commander Keen on the PC. Uh, which, uh, granted, it was a lot uglier than this, but it had the reason I mentioned it, it had a little guy in it. It was a smaller guy. It was a platformer, and it was I had the similar problems with that one. But if like if if that game and Super Frog and what was the other game we mentioned in our tree, in our tree and Zool had a kid, this is probably what it would be. Mm-hmm. You know. Now that all said, and I, I'm, those aren't really negatives because those are all pretty good games. Um, 
this one has a lot going on. I watched, a, I, I played a lot of it. There's, there's level codes in this, which mm-hmm. very <coughs> makes it easy to skip around. And uh, I found all the codes. I went through and tried some of the different levels. And like Boat said, there's a lot of unique, there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's, it doesn't really get boring, and they try a bunch of different stuff. To, uh, um, um, some shootery stuff and some other stuff like that. It ma- that makes it interesting. Uh, you know, and it's there's a lot of levels. I mean, you get a lot for your money, uh, you know. I think it's a, I mean, when I first started playing it, I, I was like, man, I don't know about this. And the controls are tough. If you can get around that, if you could do what Boat did, plays an emulation, or if you have a CD32, uh, that's probably the way to go. Again, the same problem we've had from Jump Street. I talked to some of our buddies, uh, one of our some of our Patreon people. About this. I mean, the, the the lack of that second button on the Amiga is a real killer, and a lot, and, and, and especially with platformers. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you try to do anything special, it makes it really difficult in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And uh, so the good, the glorious thing about emulation, I know not everyone's into it, but that's the one thing you can do is map those joysticks to do different stuff, and that is a big help. Uh, but uh, uh, I will say, without giving any spoilers away, this game has one of the worst openings I've ever seen, and it has one of the worst endings I've ever seen. Just a very non-satisfying conclusion of this game. But it absolutely set it up for sequels, which never came. Uh, and uh, as far as I know, do we know if... The, I don't think this got any port. It may be on the ST, but I don't have just, anything written yeah, down. Just the, just the CD32 and the Amiga. And so... If you think about that, I mean, it's a quality game, I guess is what I'm saying. Whether you like platformers or not, or if it's not your bag, it's still a quality game. You'd be, I'm surprised that it hasn't been picked up, yeah, you know? Yeah, Um I guess the CD32 version actually had different audio than the than the version. Yeah, it probably version. used the uh, what, Red, Red Book or whatever mm-hmm. audio, yeah. The uh, audio is okay. You know, it's, it's not anything spectacular. Uh, it's funny, a lot of the people that worked at in, in, in Infernal Bite didn't do anything else. I mean, I looked through the list here. Uh, the coder only did one other game on the Amiga, and the gra- uh, the people that did graphics only did one or two other games, and a lot of people had never did any other games. I mean, this is pretty much... It's funny, the Amiga, we've looked at a couple games where, like, it's a... You'd think, wow, this is a... So they're really on the track here, and then they just, never, they just stopped. Right. You know, now, again, this was late in the game, and I don't know, maybe these guys are trying to capitalize on the shrinking Amiga market at the time. You know, but ninety four there was still there was still a lot of stuff hopping. You know, so I mean, they had something here, and and we spoke about this. We were both surprised. The reviews for this game were kind of they were kind of crummy. Yeah, I'll go through some here. Uh, and Bo, you give me your thoughts on these. Uh, Amiga computing uh, ninety five. They give it sixty percent. I mean, that's sixty percent. That's rough. Yeah. Man. Amiga format, which are usually pretty fair, sixty four percent. Amiga power gave this twenty six percent. I mean that's that's enough for me to never trust anything Amiga Power ever since again. And then CU Amiga uh, gave it eighty five, so they were a little fair. Mm-hmm. I think and I think eighty t- and the one gave it eighty two. I think those are pretty fair. Yeah, if you're uh, in the, I think this is a, you know an eighties. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. I mean, I'm, 26. Oh my I don't gosh. know what they must have had an axe to grind with Infernal Bite. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess they won because Infernal Bite didn't do a whole lot. That's for sure. Um, Real quick, I had a look at this thing on eBay, and if I can find where I put it, um, you talked about something you're not going to see too often. Uh, there was not a lot of action on it. I don't know if I can find where I put the darn thing. Hold the phone for a second, but while I find this, okay. I'll dig this out here. Um, 
you know, one of the other things that that I thought was kind of interesting about uh, Marvin is is that even though it's even though it's small, like just like all the best game, like they could have made his walk animation look really bad. I mean, when you have a small sprite, the thing about the way that the lemmings move, you know, there's only like how many frames of animation are in this, but he's actually got a little bit of a strut to him. The enemies, the enemies are all different all the time. I mean, you don't have just like three or four enemies. Like you really got like a variety. Um, so I like when you do the double, he'll, he'll do like, if you double jump, he'll do like a front flip, mm-hmm. you know, which I always think that's kind of nice. As yeah, just- there's a lot of little changes. That, that, <clears throat> I really think that this is, it might be my second favorite platformer behind Lionheart. Be, behind Lionheart, of course. Yeah. I mean, and by Lionheart, I mean the Adams Family. Um, <laughs> I feel like I could really sit sit back and I feel like I might come back to this, and that's not something that I say a lot about a lot of platformers that we cover I, on the show. I would like to try it with the proper control setup, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I was able to burn a copy of this for the CD32. I'm having some burn issues, but. It's on the list, and I will say, as as far as the platformers go, this is one of the more polished ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. And I, until this is recommended, do you remember who recommended Ravi. this to us? Ravi? Ravi. Well, there you go. He's a, he's the man that has a plan. He knows what's going on. I'd not heard of this, and it surprises me because, uh, and maybe you know, one thing to consider is like I had so much trouble running it. Mm-hmm. Is maybe that's why I didn't ever hear about it. Yeah. It's just because of people in the states. It's it's a pain. For us, I mean, and of course, again, it never got a U.S. release. Oh no, so. no, uh, I did find my eBay stuffer. So uh, there is uh, uh, there is some of these available. It's not super rare. Uh, if you're in the U.K. Uh, and there's all there's one in Germany as well. So there's a few different ones out there, and they're going between twenty two and forty five bucks shipped U.S. bucks. So not that's not a bad price, no. you know, to pay for. And they're boxed, and that's the box version. So I mean, um, if you had a CD32, this was almost—I'd almost say at twenty bucks or so—that'd be almost be a must-buy. Yeah, you know, I mean, given the given the uh, uh, what's out there, the trickle. Well, you know, I don't even think the, the probably the cheapest the cheapest CD32 games are are probably around twenty bucks anyway, right? I mean, you, it's rare to find anything for less than that. So well, the CD32 runs some of, runs the old. Uh, um, CDTV stuff, and I've mm-hmm. seen some of that stuff that's really like I've got a couple of really dud titles for CTV mm-hmm. that are that go pretty cheap. But you know, for I mean, again, it there's a lot of crap out for the CD32. I mean, right. I'll, in fact, I would say I would go as far as say the majority of the stuff out there's crap. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, this would be if you think about what what would be the best platformer on the CD32 that we that we would know of. Because I don't think Adam's family got a release. Yeah. So it'd be Super Frog, mm-hmm. right? Um, or, you know, unless there's a couple out, you know, I had to go back and look at the, the Mads the CD32 videos to see which ones. Yeah. Did Zool 2 get a... Uh... I'm sure Zool must have gotten a release on, on there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think Zool, Zool 2. Definitely. But do you like Zool 2 more than Super Frog? Or James Pond? Maybe they, you know, I think we just played Zool. I don't think we played Zool 2. I've played Zool 2, so <laughs> I know. And uh, But but from what I know about Zool, it's, it's, a, it's a harsh mistress. That's another one. That, you know, think about this. <clears throat> Zool got a release on the Jag, right? If you're a, if you're a guy that's developing or looking for games to port over to the Jag, you would pass on this and to go with Zool. Yeah, I mean, no that's way, man. Well, it, again, it was the era of Tude. 
I guess. Mm. I, you know, yeah. I don't and know. Zool's got a lot of twos. Zool, what is he? We didn't. He's, he's not even an ant. What you know, the heck? You know, he represents an ant-like species. He's <laughs> he's a guy that has a huge a bag that he can put all that junk he's collecting yeah. in, and a sweet tooth from hell. Oh my gosh, that first level! I still, oh, still have nightmares about that. Um, so we've got a uh, question from our listeners. As always, you can write in at questions at amigospodcast dot com and uh, ask us anything. Really? Well, I mean, yeah. we might not answer, but you can ask. Alive, it's yeah, if it suits me. Chris Folds writes in. Chris Folds, and he says, "Which Amiga game is your go-to game? The one given the choice, the first." His his question is, "Which Amiga game is your go-to game when you when you boot up the system? What's the first thing you want to put in?" His is Speedball Two. Mine, and I'll just I'll just tell the first thing that popped into my head: Stunt Car Racer, man. Mm. It's a quick and dirty. I jump in and play it, and it, 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 I'm always happy. And I can play for ten minutes and be done. Stunt car racer. For me, my my answer is a little weird. It's it's Lotus Two, mm-hmm. but I go on YouTube and I look up the Outrun soundtrack, and I play the Outrun soundtrack while I'm playing Lotus. And to me, that's so the you best can, yeah, because you ain't gonna play the Outrun soundtrack on the Outrun that no, we got. No. That's so. of all the. Uh, that's a good choice for starters, and a good music too. How did they again? How do you botch that? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Sega had a lot of good releases on the Amiga. Yeah, but man. Well, I think U.S. Gold's involvement. Did you not see Hang it. On? At least it was halfway decent. I mean, jeez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Horrible. Good question. That's a good question. Yeah. So thanks, Chris, for writing that in. Um, so is jump exactly. We're nearing <laughs> the end of the show. And, uh, do we know what we have on tap? We don't do it. Look at that. We've got two. We've got two cameras going on here. Take that off. Um, so uh, we need to thank our Patreon sponsors. All right. Um, so Aaron, I've got a. Oh Lord! I thought we. I uh, forgot about this. I've got a musical tribute to them this week. Is that what that's? Is that what it is? And this comes from the greatest summer of my life. Uh huh. Sixty nine. The summer of ninety six. Well, I was close. You're ten years away. Well, I know. I'm old. This guy's a big wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alan Kabob, David McCrandles. Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi. That Josh Nash, Jason Moons, and Lane, Eric Nelson, Graham Becky, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Lauren Giroux, Jonas Rulo. You're working with a teleprompter. Tapes from the crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Foles, Daniel Bainston, O'Brien's Retro Dinger, Chad Halstead and Brutal, Barracuda, special thanks to Zeus Dads and World of Long Plays. That's beautiful, except for, oh, it was totally beautiful, except you forgot Brent.
No, I didn't. Nah, go back to Roof One. Did I? Did I, did I go straight from Chad Halstead <laughs> to Brutal Barracuda? Brent, you you could deal with you could deal with boat on your own on your own time. Well, we're saying his name like fifty extra times now. Brent, Brent, so, Brent. There we I, go. I, you don't want to make that guy angry. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's Look. true. So next week we do have something. We yes. do have something lined up. Well, odd. We're yeah. so we're we are organized, which I is know. unusual. It's almost to, as if somebody made a Google Doc that oh, said well, plan our upcoming episodes. You know, I like to be spontaneous. It only took us ninety episodes to figure out how to do that, and we'll probably break this over and over. Yeah, yeah. So next week we're going to return to a series that we covered a couple months back, the famous Shadow of the Beast series, but oh. we're skipping over two for reasons I don't completely understand. We'll get around to it. And going right to Shadow of the Beast 3. 3. Trey. Yeah. We're going to give that one a whirl. So I recall it, and we're going to give it a shot. That was This is one of mine, so we'll see if it sucks. That's on me. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Until then, adios. adios.